welcome everyone to Couch Potato Diary. Uh, another week, thank you all so much for downloading and listening today. My name is Peter Klein, you can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram, I'm at PrimetimeKlein, twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK, and you can email the show Diary at yahoo.com. Coming up on the show today, we look at the legacy of Mika Kiprasov as he has, uh, or it has been announced that he is going to have his jersey retired by the Calgary Flames on March the 2nd. Uh, so we'll be looking at the career that has led us to this point. Uh, also, we'll be looking at some early UFC and boxing storylines to get you excited for what is a full weekend of combat sports. So, uh, that is what's coming up on the show today. If you want some more takes on what happened in the Canadian Football League over the weekend, or uh, a few other Flames and Blue Jays things, I was on Sportsnet 960 today, going to be on the morning show all week, the big show. Uh, so, you can find me at sportsnet.ca slash 960. All right, without any further ado, let's get on with the show today with uh, probably you'll hear some fan noise in the background. Hi, I'm Kim Carson. And I'm Peter Klein, and this is We Had No Idea. A podcast about world events that you know about, but might have fallen asleep for during history class. Or social studies, however you learn history in high school. Each week, we'll do a deep dive into important topics throughout history. So whether you already know everything or feel like you need to top up on some history, we'll be here for you. Listen to us each week wherever you get your podcasts. Woo! Mika Kiprasov began his professional career in Finland, playing for TPS Turku's under-20 team in the Finnish SM Liga. His impressive performance caught the attention of the National Hockey League, and he was drafted by the San Jose Sharks in the fifth round of the 1995 NHL Entry Draft. Kiprasov made his debut in the 2000-2001 season with the Sharks, but it was the subsequent trade to the Calgary Flames in November of 2003 that would shape his legacy. This is the Mika Kiprasov legacy look here on Couch Potato Diary as Mika Kiprasov truly cemented his place as one of the great, if not the great goalies in the history of the Calgary Flames. Calgary acquired him uh, for a conditional draft pick in 2005. That's all it took. And upon joining the Flames, Kiprasov quickly established himself as a crucial piece of the team's success. In the 2003-2004 season, he played a vital role in leading Calgary to the Stanley Cup Finals, which remains their most recent appearance in the championship series. Kiprasov's remarkable play during that playoff run earned him the reputation of being a big-time goaltender and a fan favorite. His stellar play was instrumental in the Flames' unexpected playoff success. It galvanized this city that I'm recording from today, Calgary. He just absolutely caught the attention of a, a hockey market that was desperate for something. You think about what happened with the Flames between 89 and 04. There was not a whole lot to get excited about. And Mika Kiprasov finally got, gave this organization and this fan base something to get excited about. Uh, he carried the team on his back in a lot of games, making spectacular saves and sealing victories. Look, Jerome McGinley was monumental in that playoff run, and that was really his, like, full-on, this-is-a-super-duper-star-coming-out party. But that team does not get to where they were without Mika Kiprasov. The Flames eventually reached the Stanley Cup Finals, re-energizing the hockey scene in Calgary. And then, the lockout happened. Coming off of the memorable playoff run, expectations were high for the Flames, but they would have to wait all the way until the 2005-2006 season. It is such a bummer that, and I think honestly one of the bigger what-ifs surrounding the Calgary Flames is looking at what could this team have done the next year coming off of that Stanley Cup run. But instead, um, there's a lockout. 
and nothing happens for a bit. So, coming off of the playoff run, though, expectations were high for the Flames and for Mika Kiprasov in the 2005-2006 season. Fans hoped that they could build on their previous success and contend for a Stanley Cup. The 2005-2006 season turned out to be Kiprasov's maybe most outstanding campaign. He showcased exceptional skills. He had an incredible season, coming in second in wins in the NHL, third in save percentage, uh, with a 923 save percentage. He had 42 wins, and was first in goals against average, the 207 goals against average. His remarkable performance earned him the Vesna Trophy as the NHL's best goal in, uh, goaltender, marking a historic achievement for both Kiprasov and the Flames franchise. The team would go on to become Northwest Division champions thanks to that spectacular season from Kiprasov. However, the season ended in disappointment with a Game 7 loss to the Ducks in the first round, falling 3-0 in the deciding game in one of the most absolutely frustrating performances by a Flames team in the last 20 years. Following his Vesna season, though, expectations were high for Mika Kiprasov to maintain his elite level of play and lead the Flames deep into the postseason. Kiprasov, once again, was stellar, earning himself a spot in the NHL All-Star Game, further solidifying his status as one of the league's premier goaltenders. He finished third in wins and shutouts and in the top 10 in save percentage. He set a Flames record for shutouts in a season with 10, and he finished third in the Vesna voting behind Roberto Luongo and Martin Brodeur. Although the Flames made the playoffs, they were once again eliminated in the first round. Despite this disappointment, Kiprasov's consistent performance during the season were recognized. Performances, sorry, during the season were recognized, and he continued to be a pillar of strength for the team. So, we have established now, this wasn't just a fluke run in 2003-2004, this is legitimately one of the best goaltenders in the league. And fans were really excited about that going into the 2007-2008 season, as he basically had solidified himself as one of the guys hoping to guide the Flames into a long playoff run. And again, Kiprasov was great. He played 76 games, the Flames finished with 94 points, but it was playoff disappointment again, as Calgary was ousted in the first round in seven games against the San Jose Sharks. So they made some changes. They bolstered the lineup, they go out and get Mike Camilleri, and now expectations are high. With Mika Kiprasov, uh, you get Camilleri, you have Jerome McGinley, can this team actually contend for a Stanley Cup? Kiprasov again, a workhorse. 76 games he played. He had a career, 40, a career high 45 wins, helping the Flames to the postseason. But again, it was a quick trip as Calgary was eliminated in six games by the Chicago Blackhawks. And that was the last time the Flames would play a postseason game with Miki Kiprasov between the pipes. They would only advance past the first round once in his career, the tremendous run in 2004. It was not the fault of Kiprasov's. Uh, and he is one of the few goalies, I think, that doesn't shoulder a lot of the blame that um, some may give out for teams struggling in the postseason. He was phenomenal. He had a career 920 save percentage in the playoffs and a 2.34 goals against average in 52 postseason games. Um, it, it really is remarkable when you look back at that era for the Flames. Um, you have Jerome McGinley, who is like one of the great power forwards of his time. You have Mika Kiprasov, who is one of the great goaltenders of his time. And aside from one absolutely mind-boggling run in the first round of the Stanley Cup play, or in, in to the Stanley Cup final, sorry, you don't get out of the first round with those guys. That has to be incredibly frustrating. But here in Calgary does not affect the legacy of Mika Kiprasov 
one bit. Throughout his tenure with the Flames, Kiprasov displayed incredible consistency and reliability. He consistently ranked among the league's top goaltenders, often single-handedly keeping Calgary in games with acrobatic saves and a calm demeanor. Kiprasov's competitive spirit and work ethic made him a beloved figure among Flames fans who affectionately just referred to him as Kipper. After his incredible, distinguished career that spanned 12 seasons, the last nine in Calgary, Kiprasov announced his retirement on September 9, 2013. He left an indelible mark on the Calgary Flames organization, and as of this recording, holds the all-time record for the Calgary Flames in goalie games played, wins, saves, save percentage, goals against average, and shutout. For games played in a season, Kiprasov holds the top seven marks in Flames history. For wins in a season, he holds seven of the top 10. You can debate who the best player in Flames history is. You cannot debate who is the best goalie in franchise history. I think that is clear that Mika Kiprasov deserves that marker. And on March 2nd, 2024, he is finally going to go where he deserves. And that is among the Calgary Flame greats with his jersey retired at Scotiabank Saddledome. So the legacy for Mika Kiprasov, for the Flames, it's a lot of what if. A lot of what if. For Mika Kiprasov, it is what was, and what was is an amazing, amazing career for the Calgary Flames' best all-time goaltender. Some of the music on Couch Potato Diary is provided by Wasted Talent. Find their producer on Instagram at Tommy Fresh Music. All right, let's look at some early storylines ahead of UFC 291 this weekend. Um, in the main event, it'll be the BMF Championship with Justin Gaethje taking on Dustin Poirier. And to me, this feels like a bit of a last dance for Justin Gaethje. A, a win here, and like it could propel him to uh, a couple. Well, it would. It would propel him to a couple of other big fights. But this feel th this run that he is on now, uh, coming off of the the win over Fiziev, um in his last bout, this feels like the last kind of run of relevancy for what is one of the great action fighters in the history of the sport. Um, early, I haven't done a, a full breakdown on these two just yet. They, they have fought before. But early kind of thoughts is that anything Gaethje does, Poirier does better. And we've seen that doesn't necessarily cancel everything off. But it just feels like Poirier has a few more ways to, to get the win here. I, I'm interested at what happens for the winner of this bout next, regardless uh, of who it is. Um, because on the one hand, you have a a fighter in like Dustin Poirier, who has been close to the top of the mountain before. Both of these guys have been, both of them uh, interim champions at one point in their careers. But we know they're not getting the next title shot. That's Charles Oliveira uh, coming up, I believe, in September. And I am of the opinion that they're not getting the next next title shot because I think it's Volkanovski. If you want the winner of this to face Volkanovski in a, uh, I, it feels bad saying stay busy, but in kind of a number one contender's bout, then that, that could be it. But it feels like no matter what happens in the main event here, the winner is still at least one, maybe even two fights away from a, a title shot. But th this one isn't really about titles, is it? Like, I get there's a, a fake belt on the line. But this one is more about 
just two great fighters getting a main event spotlight to do what they do best, and that is put on an absolute show for MMA fans. Um, and so I, I think that this is going to be a really, really, really exciting bout. And then in the co-main event, I don't understand, as Alex Perea, coming off of his loss in the middleweight championship bout to Israel Adesanya, going up against Jan Blachowicz, I don't know why this isn't a championship match. The UFC's 205-pound title has been vacated. Blahovich's last fight was for a vacated championship in which the fight ended up being a draw. Pereira is moving up after being a champion in the other weight class. You can very easily convince me that this is a championship-caliber bout and should be treated as such. So I am quite surprised that the... At, at some points, the most prestigious prize in mixed martial arts, the um, UFC's light heavyweight championship, I am surprised that that belt is not on the line for for this particular fight. And either way, I think the winner of this puts themselves in a, a really good shot to get at whatever championship fight may be made coming off of it. Um, and some early Spence Crawford storylines. Story Earl Spence Jr. takes on Terrence Crawford in a wild fight coming up this weekend um, in, in what is just a, a great, great, great look at um, two of the best fighters. And look, with all due respect to a fight that um, we saw earlier where, oh, Tank Davis is now the the face of, of boxing. I think this one really is for the face of boxing. Like, these are two pound-for-pound pound absolute kings um, in the sport right now. Inouye is fighting this week. I still think he is number one. Um, Usyk is probably number two. But then you look at the, the resumes. I don't. Inouye certainly doesn't. Inouye is it's just clearly on how he has just beaten the shit out of anyone he is fighting. Um... Usyk, it would be tough to, to argue against, but I don't know if any if any of those guys, in a way or Usyk, has a a win the caliber of what this win would be for uh, Spence and Crawford here in in the main event of this bout. This is a absolute huge fight, and I do believe it is for the face of boxing. And I, I think this probably leads to somewhat of a trilogy, um, or at least a rematch. Um, I think that regardless of how this goes, we have to get this one again. It's great that these two sides are coming together in what is a, a great moment for boxing. It is such an exciting fight. Um, I feel like Spence has had the bigger fights. I feel like Crawford is the better fighter, but... Oh, it's it's so good. This is these are the types of fights that you get really excited about in boxing. Um, so I, I just I can't wait. We're going to have a full breakdown of both cards coming up this weekend for uh, Fighting Friday. So look forward to that. And uh, yeah. As always, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for listening. You can find me on social media, Twitter and Instagram. I'm at PrimetimeKlein. Twitch.tv slash PrimetimePK. And you can email the show, CouchPotatoDiary at Yahoo.com. Coming up later this week, get a CFL Power Rankings and CFL Picks. And then, as mentioned before, a very big edition of a Fightin' Friday. Uh, so look forward to that. If you want more Peter Klein content, I'm going to be on Twitch. Uh, the plan is Tuesdays and Thursdays going forward, at least. And I'm also going to be on um, Sportsnet. 960 for the next two weeks the next the rest of this week i'm going to be on the mornings and uh all of next week i'm going to be on afternoons so uh there is that i'm also calling two dogs games coming up this week on tuesday and friday so a lot still to come from me uh which means i'm going to bid you all adieu thank you all so much for listening and i'll talk to you all later